And thank you for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Rob Center couldn't be more valuable this week than he was. He is the producer of our Sunrise show. He's been on the mark a couple of two, three times this week as well and has taken great care of us. He's why the podcasts work on uh, all the popular podcast platforms. In the studio with us now, movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, aisleseat.com. He's a women in cinema advocate, a prolific tweeter, and he is here with a review. Good morning, sir. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. Very much appreciated. We were commenting on your shirt. I have a... Uh, I'll have I'll a Bloody have a Mary... And a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. <laughs> he wants two of them, <laughs> Chevy Chase, and you said that's from the movie Fletch. Yes. All right, and that led us to the question, where do you go if you want to find out which streaming platform is carrying any given older movie? I use a website called justwatch.com, and you can type in any movie, and it'll tell you which streaming services you can rent or purchase it on. So justwatch.com. Mm-hmm. Very All handy. Right. All right. I use it almost daily. Well, yeah, it sounds fantastic. All right, I will use that. Well, I have a feeling I know where you're going to find the movie you're about to talk about, and that is in theaters only. You have your review of 3,000 Years of Longing. The truest sign of a great director is that even their failures are interesting. That brings us to George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing. This new film from the creator of the Mad Max series stars Tilda Swinton as a lonely scholar traveling in Istanbul. She buys an unusual glass bottle in a shop only to discover that it contains a genie played by Idris Elba. He needs her to make three wishes in order to obtain his freedom, but she's skeptical of his motivation. With these two fine actors at the center, the movie could have been really great. But the bulk of the story consists of flashbacks explaining how the genie got trapped in his bottle multiple times over the centuries. Those sections are a bit dull, especially since we really want to watch the two main stars interact. It's frustrating to see Tilda Swinton get relegated to a supporting role after a while. Nevertheless, 3,000 Years of Longing is visually magnificent to look at. Those flashbacks create a lush, dreamlike fantasy world that incorporates everything from Solomon and Sheba to a guy whose head explodes and turns into hundreds of spiders. Even if it lacks an emotional punch, the movie is eye-popping from start to finish. I don't think 3,000 Years of Longing quite works, but it's nice to see a filmmaker taking risks and pursuing a strong vision. On a scale of 1 to 4, I give it 2.5, Barbara Edens. Oh, but just 2.5 by the time we got mm-hmm. to all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the story works. That's really it. You go and you watch this movie, and visually it's amazing. It's fun to just sit and look at the screen. But in terms of story and an emotionally satisfying payoff and being engaged in the tale, that part just didn't work for me. So I'm kind of on the fence about it. It's one of those movies that if it pops up on streaming, I would say watch it for the visuals. If you're talking about going and spending 8 or $10 to see it in the theater, I'd say, you know what, there's a couple movies out there that I would recommend before this. Okay, so, uh, but at the same time, I, I think there's almost a... a like not a vindictive two and a half in there. You wanted to give it three, but you're disappointed. They had a, a great vehicle and a stunning visual, but didn't do enough with it. Right, and the problem, a lot of the movie is Idris Elba narrating his own story to Tilda Swinton's character, and they show everything in flashback. But those stories are short because it's only a 108-minute movie, so we never really get to know the character's that he's involved with earlier in his life. And because he's narrating it, those characters rarely speak. It's mostly silent in him in voiceover explaining what was going on. And I just don't think that that choice worked. I found myself not really caring about his history. I was more interested in the idea of this woman in the present day 
finding a genie in a bottle and is she going to make her wishes and what were, what will her wishes be and the movie kind of tries to cram that in at the very end but at that point it's too late and what might you have done if you were in the early focus groups that said we want this to be uh four genies in a bottle mm-hmm. or what did you say two and a half two and a half barbara Edens. right if we we <laughs> want this to be uh, mm-hmm. four barbaras with movie mike a year mm-hmm. from now when this comes out what would you have done you know that's difficult to say because i think the whole point george miller was going for here was to have those flashbacks to an earlier time and to create that fantasy world you maybe just Pairing it down, maybe having the genie tell one story about a specific point in his life rather than multiple ones so that we could really get involved in his history rather than just sort of rushing through it or giving us a Cliff Notes version of it. Yeah, maybe there's been a uh, a character like the woman in this movie, uh, like her throughout his life, you know, just a, right. a fascinated uh, female that's helpful. You know, an important something along that line. Okay, so uh, 3,000 years of longing, two and a half, uh, Barbara Edens, and not a single Another genie in a bottle. (laughs) Right, how about it? Yeah, right. Uh, That was a fascinating TV show back in the day. Okay, so thank you for that. Uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. You kind of got a mini review of that. This one I do recommend. It's in theaters, although not locally, but it's available to stream on the Peacock service. And this movie stars Sterling K. Brown, great actor who gives what may be the best performance of his career here. And he plays the disgraced pastor at a megachurch. He has created a scandal. He has lost his church, lost his congregation, and he's decided he's going to launch a comeback. And Regina Hall plays his wife, and she is also phenomenal in this, who tries to help him. And she kind of starts off as a Tammy Faye Baker sort, doing anything to please him fully on board, and over time she gets to realize that he's maybe a little bit full of it. So this is a satire of prosperity gospel preachers, those ones who say, give me your money and God will give you even more money in return. And the movie takes aim at people like that and that whole church system where it's really all about the cash rather than about the religion. Uh, Very funny at times, although it gets dramatic at points too. Regina Hall at the end of this movie Get some incredible dramatic scenes. Not every joke lands, and half the movie is traditional narrative, and the other half is kind of an office-style mockumentary because the couple's allowing a camera crew to film their comeback. I don't think that works all the time. Sometimes the transitions are a little jarring. But this movie is worth seeing for Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, who are so good in it. So it's called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Uh, You can stream it on the Peacock service. Three? Three stars for that, yes. Okay, so three out of four. And we've seen this platform in the past, the idea of the over-the-top pastor, you know, mm-hmm. um, what do you call him, uh, evangelist kind of person right. or pastor at a mega church. So we've seen that. Mm-hmm. They do something pretty different here with that vehicle. I think so. When I went into the film, I was thinking, well, you know, really, maybe this should have been made in the 80s. That was the heyday of televangelists behaving badly, as we all know. Is this going to have anything new? But they're really going after this idea of the prosperity gospel, that these people preach for money, basically, and take the name of God and Jesus and use that to enrich themselves and sort of distort what Christianity means. That's a more recent phenomenon. So I think they do find a fresh contemporary angle here. All right, well, and they just do a fabulous job acting it out. Had a good yeah. story to start with. They're so good in it. All right, fabulous. Honk for Jesus, save your soul. That's uh, uh, three televangelists. 
out of four, I'll say. All right, entertainment news. What else? Who who isn't fired from his next movie? Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, this has kind of turned into an interesting battle. In a month, there's a movie coming out called Don't Worry Darling, which was directed by Olivia Wilde, the actress who made a very successful directing debut with Booksmart a few years ago. And a lot of controversy around this movie. It's all these backstage scandals. Of course, Olivia Wilde, during the filming of this, fell in love with her star, pop singer Harry Styles, but she was engaged to comedian Jason Sudeikis at the time. And uh, Jason Sudeikis would bring their children to the set, not knowing she was having an affair. And that apparently upset the movie's star, Florence Pugh, who uh, is refusing to promote this movie now. (laughs) But in the middle of all this, Shia LaBeouf uh, was originally supposed to play the Harry Styles role. And Olivia Wilde gave an interview where she claimed to have fired him because his behavior on set was making other people uncomfortable. Well, Shia came back with receipts this week. He had emails that she sent him and a video that he released where she was literally begging him to stay on the project. So now he's upset at her, too, for essentially lying and saying he was fired from this film when he actually left it voluntarily. So one more kind of scandal and controversy overshadowing the content of this movie. I would imagine the people at Warner Brothers right now in their marketing department are having a heart attack because this is sucking all the air out of the room. And what's the name of this film? It's called Don't Worry Darling, and it actually looks really interesting. Okay. Uh, but it's one of those movies, kind of like the bonfire of the vanities back in the 90s, where it was supposed to be this big, you know, really important project, and it's just getting consumed by the gossip about the making of it. it gets chipped away until there's nothing left. Okay. Yeah. So, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Too. Well, and as we've seen from Hollywood, uh, the filmmakers are capable of just abandoning a project, even if it could have been good. Mm-hmm. You know, so we might see that again. All right, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase together. Wow, that's just going to be exciting. Yeah, this is big news for me because I'm a huge fan of both of them. Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase have signed a one to appear in a movie called Zombie Town, which is a mystery teen horror movie romance based on a book by the popular Goosebumps author R.L. Stein. So uh, Chevy and Dan, of course, have appeared in multiple movies together. Spies Like Us, one of my favorite films. Also, uh, Nothing But Trouble, another one of my favorite movies, although I'm in the minority on that. And uh, Caddyshack 2, which I don't think is one of anybody's favorite movies. But really great to see them teaming up again. That's always something special. So we'll look forward to seeing Zombie Town when that's released next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And National Cinema Day is here. Will we see this at our local theaters? We will, and that is tomorrow only. You can go to our local AMC or any theater chain that's participating, which is most of the major chains, and you can see any movie for only $3. And that includes if you see a movie in 3D or uh, we don't really have any theaters around here with the IMAX format, but $3 movie tickets tomorrow. So this is trying to get people back into theaters and help theaters survive. So if you something you've been wanting to see this summer and you missed it, you can go tomorrow for 3 bucks. Good idea. Great idea to bring people back in. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a 3D film out because your father said you and I just, or you and he just went to go see it. Uh, we're going today. They brought back Jaws and converted it to 3D that's coming out this weekend. So I have never seen Jaws in a theater. It's, I love the film. Really looking forward to seeing it up on the big screen. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, you do have a big screen at home. We'll, we'll go ahead and disclose that. I right. think you've talked about that. Not as big as the one at AMC. <laughs> well, <but. laughs> I guess not. Well, yeah, true there. All right. 
Fabulous. Thank you so much. Well, that answers the question, what do you see in this week? Uh, what are you likely reviewing next week? Uh, there's a couple movies. I've already seen Kevin Smith's Clerks 2, or Clerks 3, rather, which is coming out soon. And this weekend I'm screening Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio with Tom Hanks that comes out next week. So it'll be one of those two. All right, fantastic. We'll keep an eye at ILC.com for this and many other reviews that you have coming out. Follow, please, Mike McGranahan at ILCEAT on Twitter. Campus Theater sponsors him. And the Campus Theater wants you to know about their George Winston concert that's coming up. An evening with George Winston is September 24th, 7 p.m. Go to campustheater.org for information.